too close to a mic yeah that's definitely yeah. it when your you lips feel are when it. you sound when your lips are it. touching it and you're <laughs> going you red on here it. and if you're one of my children listening right now you know who you are <laughs> <laughs> just kidding actually my favorite child right now is Hiram Ammon Max Fenton and of course Cortland and then the new baby Rocco is that so awesome like we sarah lynn and i were looking at baby names on a website that i can't mention because it (laughs) it may or may not be appropriate but anyways the website had all tough baby (laughs) names and then sarah lynn and i maybe during church it's hard to say um made a list of (laughs) names that we both liked and then we looked both of us nailed it rocco wow baby number six can you say his full name please rocco Tag Allen. I would not want to be in an alley with that kid. Seriously, <laughs> how tough is that? I like, I like that middle name, too. So, guys, cool? six kids. I'm ready. Rocco. Good luck. Rocco. So, welcome to this episode of Brother Reg. I'm your host, Reg Allen. Joined by my friends. First, we've got London on the trek. What up? Then we've got <laughs> My Marco. name is... Mud Lake, formerly known as Crystal Lake, and I'm from Marco. Marco! What? (laughs) Wait, don't be trying to throw us off. We got a groove here. I'm confused. We got a Marco from Mud Lake. Mud Lake. Crystal Lake. Shout out. That was loud. Sorry, people. Yeah, sorry, guys. We're on a hype move. (laughs) Introduce yourself, sis. I'm Megan. Seriously, you got it. We've got Marco. We've got all kinds of things happening and you got just Megan. I'm Megan and I'm from the great state of Colorado. Woo woo. All right. Colorado. Cool. Colorado. <laughs> Colorado? Is it it's rad? rad. Shaka bra. We serve. <laughs> <laughs> so hold on. I got to give everyone, all the listeners, if you guys are out there wondering like what tips could really help you to survive in, uh, in like current pop culture, just a couple of tips. One is you have to say low-key on any given conversation. You can add it in any <laughs> sentence. If you say low-key in any sentence, <laughs> you're cool. Low-key. Low-key. Low and then the second one is, I just learned a new one. It's called left on red, which means like <laughs> someone's seen your message and they didn't give one back. Someone just taught me that one this week. I'm getting cooler all the time. For a middle-aged Italian balding guy, I know some pretty cool stuff. So, here's the deal. On our uh, on our brother Reg Instagram, London asked for great ideas on what we could be discussing, and combined with all of that, I think we've got a great discussion plan tonight. We're going to talk about decisions, crazy decisions, easy decisions. Does that sound awesome? I'm so excited. I'm low key so Thrilled. excited. You're. L- I'm low high key. key. Putting into practice. Oh. Low key. High key. Have you never heard high key? Did you oh, know yes, about I high have. key, Reg? <laughs> high key Guys, and low key. Of course, key. I have. Can we teach them something new? <laughs> high Please, key. Can mid- you use it in a sentence? Mid key. I would like to just say this as a mid key <laughs> for decisions. <laughs> so, th- this is like one of my favorite discussion items because I get asked about decisions all the time. And I think part of it is just like the stage of life that we're in that we're always thinking about who it is that we're supposed to marry. What am I supposed to be when I grow up? How many kids 
is the right amount. Six, by the way. Um, <laughs> you know, just life is filled with choices. And sometimes I think um, sometimes we feel paralyzed by just like so many, either so many great choices or not knowing what choice is going to make the most sense in, in 20 years or 30 years from now. And so I'm kind of pumped to just kind of talk about it. Some of you are facing choices, decisions. Some of you are in this room. <laughs> Marco, let me ask you this. I want to know what, uh, when it, you were one of our fans in wanting to talk about decisions. Set us up, brother. Okay. I am really bad at making decisions. How do you know? <laughs> <laughs> because I never feel confident about anything I do in life. So you're, you're basing whether or not you are good at making decisions on whether or not you feel confident? Yes, exactly. Interesting. Hmm. What decision are you trying to make? Are you going to figure, do you know what you're going to be when you grow up? Um, <laughs> I already know. Good. I'm going to be Marco. That's, yes. that is the perfect answer. Like, uh, but that's not, yeah, I'm not even like joking or being funny. I already know. I'm going to be Marco, right? 100%. I know. Like, people are like, oh, yeah, I'm going to be like Steve Jobs one day. And I'm like, no, I'm going to be Marco <laughs> Reyes. I'm going to be so everything weird. about Marco yes. Reyes that there that. could be. I love that. I, it's funny because everyone always is like, oh, what are you going to do when you grow up? It's like, stop worrying about what you're going to do when you grow up and figure out who you're going to be and be you. So, um, Cortland, my little cute. And by the way, anyone that knows me knows that Cortland actually is the favorite child. <laughs> and she's so cute. How can she not be the she favorite is child? adorable. Um, the boys all compete for second place. <laughs> Just kidding. Boys, if you're listening to this, you're my favorite. You know that. Um, <laughs> but, like a mixed signals here. <laughs> yeah. These were mixed signals so that everyone can choose your own adventure of which my favorite kid. Nice. I love that. But I asked Cortland, I'm like, what are you going to... I asked Cortland a couple months ago, what are you going to be when you grow up? And she says, without hesitating, she goes, I'm going to be Cortland, silly. <laughs> That's so cute. How awesome is that? I love that. So, Marco, I love it. So, in terms of, in terms of some of the decisions, I guess confidence is in effect, but we're all facing choices, decisions. Yeah. Another part of it is... I get scared making decisions because I've made pretty big decisions within the last year. And some of them I feel like have either turned their back on me or they maybe just weren't the right decision. And so I question my ability to make wise decisions. Decisions that are going to make the biggest difference for the long term? Uh-huh. Yeah. Have you ever Have you ever thought, so it's crazy cold outside right now in Rexburg. <laughs> London, how how cold is it? Negative one? It was negative only four. negative one Celsius. Only negative one Celsius. <laughs> I don't even know what that means, but I know it's cold. It's and honestly, the gusts of wind have been crazy. Mm-hmm. And the piles of snow. Yeah, for reals. So, but one of the things that I always think about is if you were in the dead of winter in Rexburg, is, would you say that the Rexburg winter is balanced, right? Like, I in the dead of winter, if you said... Is Rexburg a balanced weather place? You'd say no way, right? London? I'd say yeah. For reals? Yeah. It's always cold. How so? Well, like, are you talking year-round balance? Ah. Because that's what I'm saying. Like, Yeah, that's what I was thinking. When you compare it all, it's really balanced. 
So right now, like if you take the if you pull the average person that's in the winter right now and you go outside and say, "Is the Rexburg weather balanced?" They're going to say, "No." Well, where's that person from? <laughs> yeah, if they're from from uh, Saskatchewan. Yeah, anywhere in Canada. <laughs> but it's 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 about frame of reference, right? Yeah. It's like no, in the middle of a winter day, it doesn't seem like it's balanced. But when you're in the when you're in and you look at it, a gears balance. Yeah, it's balanced. It's like you sometimes we make a decision, and let's say we've made a decision in the last year. Do we have enough time to even decide if if that particular um, you know, if that particular choice was the right choice or the not, not right. Mm, very, very wise. Yeah, I agree. I think a lot of decisions are really, they have to do a lot with your perspective and where you're looking at it from. Um, cause okay, this last week I came up to Reg and I was like, I was up all night with this problem. I was having a major panic, panic attack that I needed to graduate this semester, even though I graduate next and there's a three month difference. And it was really, like, we looked at it from a perspective angle, and it's like, what's the difference, really? And that's another thing I feel like you have to really weigh out what the difference is. And I think ultimately no decision's a stupid decision, because I I feel like we can all feel that sometimes. But I think ultimately every decision makes you grow in ways that maybe you just didn't plan to. For sure. I agree. I feel like when you make those big decisions like sometimes I've made a decision I'm like is that the right decision is it the wrong decision but you just kind of have to go with it because you made that choice and you're like all right well here we're going here we go so what can I learn from this right now in my life and even if it ends up bad like how it did for Marco like what can you learn from the negative things that happened yeah because I mean I I did reflect a lot later on and I thought, you know, that was a it was a really hard situation that I was going through. It was it was just very rocky, not easy to get through. But in the end, I identified things that I'd learned and how I'd grown. And I don't think I'd ever want to give that up. Is it a blessing or a curse? It's a blessing. So I'm gonna I'm gonna turn into to storytelling Reg. Yes. <laughs> Guys, you're gonna love this story. Here it goes. And it's, uh, and I hope that you listen to it again because I think it's important. There was an old man who lived in a tiny village. Although poor, he was envied by all for the beautiful white horse he owned. Even the king coveted his treasure. People offered fabulous prices for the steed, but the old man always refused. This horse is no horse to me, he'd tell them. This is a person. How could you sell a person? He's a friend, not a possession. How could you sell a friend? The old man was poor and the temptation was great, but he never sold the horse. One morning, the horse was missing from the stable. All the village came to see the old man. You old fool, they scoffed. We told you that someone would steal your horse. You're so poor. How could you ever hope to protect such a valuable animal? It would have been better to have sold him. You could have gotten whatever price you wanted. Now the horse is gone and you've been cursed with misfortune. The old man responded, don't speak so quickly. Say only that the horse is not in the stable. That's all we know. The rest is judgment. How can you know if I've been cursed or not? How can you judge? The people contested. Don't make us out to be fools. We may not be philosophers, but great philosophers is not needed to know what's happened here. The fact is, your horse is gone, and it's a curse. The old man spoke again. 
All that I know is that the stable is empty, the horse is gone, the rest I don't know. Whether it be a curse or a blessing, I can't say. All we can see is a fragment. Who can say what will come next? The people of the village laughed. They had always thought that the man to be a fool. If he wasn't, he would have sold the horse and lived off the money. Instead, he was a poor woodcutter, living hand to mouth in the misery of poverty. Now he had proven that he was indeed a fool. After 15 days, the horse returned. He hadn't been stolen. He had run away into the forest. Not only had he returned, he had brought a dozen wild horses with him. Once again, the village people gathered around the woodcutter and spoke, Old man, you were right and we were wrong. What we thought was a curse was really a blessing. Please forgive us. The man responded, Again, you go too far. Say only that the horse is back. State only that a dozen horses return with him, but don't judge. How do you know if this is a blessing or not? You see only a fragment. Unless you know the whole story, how can you judge? If you read only one page, how can you judge the whole book? All you have is a fragment. Don't say that this is a blessing. No one knows. I am content with what I know. I have not perturbed by what I don't know. Maybe the old man is right, they said, but deep down they believed he was wrong. They knew it was a blessing. Twelve wild horses had returned with the horse. With a little bit of work, the animals could be broken and trained and sold for much money. The old man had a son, an only son. The young man began to break the wild horses. After a few days, he fell from one of the horses and broke both legs. Once again, the villagers gathered around the old man and cast their judgments. You were right, they said. The dozen horses were not a blessing. They were a curse. Your only son has broken his legs, and now in old age, you have no one to help you. Now you're poorer than ever. The old man spoke again. Don't go so far in your judgment. Say only that my son broke his legs. Who knows if it's a blessing or a curse? No one knows. We only have a fragment of the whole. A few weeks later, the country engaged in a war against a neighboring country. All the young men in the village were required to join the army. Only the son of the old man was excluded because he was injured. The enemy was strong, and people feared they would never see their sons again. Once again, they gathered around the old man crying and screaming because their sons had been taken. You are right, old man, they wept. God knows you are right. This proves it. Your son's accident was a blessing. His legs may be broken, but at least he's with you. Our sons are gone forever. The old man spoke again. Why do you always draw conclusions? No one knows. Say only this. Your sons went to war and mine did not. No one is wise enough to know if it's a blessing or a curse. Only God knows. The old woodcutter was content with what he knew and not disturbed by what he couldn't understand. I am always content with that which happens, for I think that which God chooses is better than that which I chose. Is it a blessing or a curse? <laughs> oh, I've, I have all, so many thoughts in my head right now. Do you guys love storytelling, Reg? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So it's 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 so easy to to get into a mode where we look at a, a particular fragment of our life and say, you know what, this is a blessing or this is a curse, when the reality is all we have is that fragment and we putting judgment on it as good or bad doesn't really change anything that's coming next in that in that regard. For sure, we have to take it time by time, and whatever is happening in your life at that time, you just kind of have to allow that to be positive and find the positive in that. I want to know what you're thinking, Marco. What do you make of that? Um, so 
I want to just very briefly bring the Book of Mormon into this a little bit. Um, Nephi, when he went back with his brothers to get the brass plates, they tried many times, I think like three times. Sorry, I'm not very good at Book of Mormon stuff. You can make up your own story. (laughs) Um, uh, But they went back three times, and the fourth time, God was like, just go back. I will will lead you. I'll guide you. And he didn't know what was going to happen. And if you continue to read the story, he ended up cutting off Laban's head, the wicked king, and putting on his clothes and taking the brass plates with him. Imagine if God had told him, okay, go one more time. I'm going to deliver Laban to you and you're going to chop off his head. Would Nephi have gone? Like, it's hard to say because that's not how it happened. But imagine if our Heavenly Father was like, look, Nephi, you're going to go kill a guy just to get these brass plates. And somebody recited that story to me again. It was actually this couple who had sold everything they owned and moved their whole family to Ghana to start a nonprofit organization. And they called that the miracle of not knowing. And so I started to like look at times in my life. I'm like, what is the miracle of not knowing right now? Um, I love that. Yeah. Because sometimes we don't know what the future is going to be. Well, I guess all the time. And if we knew, maybe we wouldn't have continued on the next day. We wouldn't have wanted to wake up or move on forward with our life. And yet, in the middle of it all, you're still making decisions. Yeah. Which which makes it tricky. So here's, I guess as a background, one of the things that I want to clarify about decisions the, the root of the word decision is to sear, which means to cut. And so when, when people say, I'm making a decision, the root of that word in Latin, in desir, means to cut. So when you're making a decision, you're actually cutting off all other options. And so a true decision, sometimes people feel like they're making decisions when the reality is they're just kind of moving between two different things and kind of staying in both of those paths and never actually cutting off all other options. And so I think part of the pain in some of these decisions is we never made a decision. There's uh, one of the the famous um, Spanish conquerors, Cortez, when he went into Mexico and landed in Mexico on the shores of the Yucatan, he's uh, known to have said basically, burn the ships. The very first thing he says, burn the ships because he'd rather be going in there to be conquered or to conquer and not going back. Because some of these times we start going down a path and we think, oh no, I'm going to retreat. Things are hard. I'm going to retreat. I'm going to come back. Or all the time in decisions on marriage, it's what, what is the, what is the phrase like the fear of missing? Is it fear of missing out? FOMO. Yeah. FOMO. FOMO. So that fear of missing out, it's like someone's going on this process and they think, this is the right person for me. But you know what? There are a lot of other great guys or there are a lot of other great girls. What if I'm making the wrong choice? And and the reality is, is that in making a decision, we can strengthen where we're heading because we can be full force in one particular direction rather than kind of cutting through all this. When, um, when Sarah Lynn and I 
were getting to that stage of getting married, I had seriously gone through all of this different thought of how do I decide? And somewhere in the back of my mind in elementary school, someone said, oh, you're supposed to do a pro and con list. <laughs> like, okay. Oh. So I'm, I like, I'm trying to do everything to do the right things to make this choice. And so I get this piece of paper out. I'm like, pros and cons. <laughs> and then I write all these pros. And in my 21-year-old my ni- brain, I'm doing my very best to think through what I see as cons for a perfect lady. But I'm writing like different possible cons down, you know. And, and then I got done writing it. And I'm like, okay, so what do I do now? I've got this pro and con list. What, what is this supposed to mean? It, do, am I supposed to go through and say, okay, so there was more pros than cons. Like, that means I should do it. Like, what if everything is a pro and then there's only one con? Serial killer. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> what? You, you, you can't do, right? You can't do things based on just, just uh, total numbers of pros or cons. I'm not a serial killer. Don't look at me like that. <laughs> you guys are looking at me like, why did he just say serial killer on the podcast? <laughs> what do you think in London? Um, you know what? I'm actually thinking about something we talked about earlier that really made me think. So we, we I can't remember exactly, but we started talking about, you know, that I'm on track to doing good things, whatever. You know, everyone's on their own track sort of thing. Um, and I had said something along the lines of, I just don't know how to stay on this track. And then you said, you are the track. You can't go off of it. And that really resonated with me. And it made me think like, yeah, I don't know what my, my next choice or my next decision is going to be. But I know that whatever it is, it's my choice and it's meant for me. It's what I'm supposed to do because it's my track. Because you got London on the track. London's <laughs> always on the track. London is the track. I am the track. <laughs> but it, in that in that sense, it's it, by by being us and making decisions, not having a clue whether or not we feel like they're a right choice within the next twelve months or next twenty four months. There's some choices. I, Sarah Lynn and I have been married for nineteen years, and I think, man, that that choice had far reaching consequences for the good, but. At the time, you don't have the future ahead of you. You just have in that current moment. And sometimes the greatest strength is to make a decision and go all in rather than holding off, waiting, and thinking that new information is going to come. Because future is always going to be out there. It's not like it's not like in the future day that you're going to suddenly have additional information about some of those things. How, how long is the, the right amount of time to wait to know what you're going to do for a career? Well, I, who knows, right? At some point, people make a decision and they roll forward. There's, um, I think there's people right now, too. I've talked to a few people about the challenge with the million-dollar challenge, and there's people saying, hey, what should I do? It's like, you should do something right now. Go out and do something versus taking the time and thinking about it and having a business plan or anything else. It's it's making a decision and going all in. I think another thing that kind of can tie into decisions and decision-making is the idea that life isn't this path that we have to follow. Like you are on your track, London, but your track can go in circles or go back for a little bit or, you know, take whatever journey it needs to. 
And when we look at it in that way, instead of just like, okay, I need to graduate college, then get married, then get my job, then have kids or whatever your plan is, we can just kind of take it choice by choice and see where it takes us and know that we can always, you know, change if that's what we want. Yeah. London, you you had a quote that you had brought up earlier. What what was the quote that you were you were thinking of? Yeah. Um so this is a quote by Jeffrey Holland. I really love it. It says, Don't wait to live. This isn't a rehearsal. This isn't a dry run. This isn't a pre performance routine. This is it. This is real life. Don't wait and savor every minute. I love it. I do too. So can I can I give you guys an update on my crazy challenge? Yes. yes. Please. On my on my million dollar challenge. What's happening? So first of all, wherever you're at on the on the journey, I would love it if you just texted me and just straight up said what you were thinking because I want I want input from everyone that's listening to say, "Hey, look, this is this is either my challenge or this is my excitement." And and we also have so my cell phone number is uh, 208 254 0833. And seriously, you should straight up text it or call it. I'll answer. Or send it a cute photo of your dog. Or send photos of dogs. <laughs> I don't want spam, I don't want photos <laughs> photos of cats. Like cats are not <laughs> are not my friend. Um, but I would love you to text me and tell me how things are going. So I got to tell you guys an update. So I told you that I created like I fully have the King of the Thrones toilet cleaning it's in process. Like, it's not just like thinking about it. I cleaned a toilet, cleaned a shower this week, got real money. It's really real. expanding on that. Wow. It's real. Showers now. Showers. I'm, I'm shocked. I'm opening up additional services. So, um, but here's the thing that I've been thinking about a long time. I've been thinking about starting a travel agency, and I finally pulled the trigger on it. It's called travelbysurprise.com. So this is this is the vision. Basically what happens is I interview two different people, find out about what they love, and I've got some proprietary questions that I asked that I've kind of thought through. And I've been interviewing people and then establishing a budget and what days they want to go on vacation. And then I've been full out creating like the full details of where they're going to go. Two weeks before they go, they get a... Uh, they get a packing list so they know what to pack. And then the day before they leave, they open up like a, an envelope that tells them where they're going, what they're going to be doing, all based on what they designed and what they loved. So I've done a few different couples now, and it's been awesome. And now it's a full, regular travel agency. But here was the catch, and I think that some people are going to run into this. My goal was to start it with just a million dollar challenge money. And then I looked at all this fa- fancy different credentials that I needed and it would have needed a little over $3,000. And I had like $300 left after buying ties and toilet cleaning and all this stuff. <laughs> and so um, what I ended up doing was I texted a, a friend that I would have loved to have been in business with and said, hey, here's the deal. I would like to take you on as a partner in a business and this travel agency explained what it was and said it needs a $3,000 investment and in exchange then you can be an equity partner of mine and and own the business with me and then we'll rock it together. And so within a few minutes he Venmoed me the the amount and 
and I have a full partner that I love working with. And then on top of that, I had the money that I didn't have and I'm still continuing in the million dollar challenge. So for some people, when you're, when you're coming up with ideas, it might be that you work out ways to have partnerships with people and maybe people are investing some of their funds and, and you're doing things with people that you love on top of that. So you're not, if I would have just waited to start that travel agency forever, then who knows what would come of it. So I love it. That's awesome. Travelbysurprise.com. That's right. Big That's a, Hit it up, guys. It's like legit. It is How legit. How awesome does that sound? We need to send you on a trip, London. Please, for free? <laughs> the next trip is yeah, going to sure. be a <laughs> surprise trip to Rexburg, Idaho. Oh, great. Oh. That's my dream. <laughs> so my where have you Where have you sent people? So I sent the first couple. This is actually kind of fun because the first couple I sent, actually, um, they are, so they went to Hawaii. They'd never been to Hawaii. They had no clue. They got their, I had them get their visas, so they were totally expecting anywhere in the world. We established a budget, and literally the day before, they opened up this package that we had these lays, like the Hawaiian lays, that their kids could have, That's just kind of celebrate. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the mom came. There was, it, was like a, it was like opening up a mission call. People were just <laughs> pumped to just see where they were going. Did you record it? I did. Oh, I want to see that. I did. And they came back and they just had a amazing time. And so then then the next couple, they went to uh, to New York City, they went to a Yankees game, they went to uh, Wicked, and we just lined up things that were just awesome for them. And this next couple that is going out, I can't disclose where they're going yet because maybe they'll hear, but it's just, it's just exciting. Making people have fun turns out is what I love. That's so awesome. I love that. So, so we cool. should all go on a trip together. I'll Take plan care. it. I've been doing this like I'm the weirdo that plans a full out printed book whenever I go on vacation for my family. Oh. <laughs> just planning it all is just good times. So here here's my last shout out. I want to say um first of all that I love you, that I'm glad that you listen. I can't tell you how much joy it brings me that people are listening. I think there's six of you now. My mom, <laughs> my wife, my kids. No, if you are listening to this, I do sincerely love you. And even if you don't know me, I still love you. I choose love. I make a decision for love with no other options. Um, and then a shout out for London doing a great job on the on the social media. You should like us on Facebook. What's it called? Facebook and Instagram. Facebook, we are the Brother Reg podcast. And Instagram, you can find us at, at Brother Reg. I love it. Follow us. Peace out, my friends. Much love. Bye. See ya. Bye, guys. <laughs>